you probably need to be some kind of football fan or cultural commentator, I suppose, to remember Ron Atkinson and the uh, his sacking. He was a football pundit for ITV and he was commentating on a Champions League game, Monaco against Chelsea. Most of this I am reading from The Guardian, April the 22nd, 2004 online, and a lot of which I remember. Um, it was at a time when microphones should have been switched off, going to the commercial break, I believe, and Atkinson referred to uh, Marcel Desailly, the French defender, as the following. He's what is known in some schools as a fucking lazy, thick N-word. And then all hell broke loose. Uh, ITV had to come in with their apology. Um, and Atkinson immediately had to throw in his offer of resignation, which was accepted. And it dominated the news for a long, long period of time. But that's almost a full 20, 20 years ago. Not everybody will remember it. And that's okay. Um, but it was probably one of those examples where a lot of people were defending Atkinson because he was an old school manager and he had worked with um, some of the greats, the some of the very first um, non-white players in soccer. I think um, Laurie Cunningham might have been one of them through West Brom. And Atkinson's defence was, but, you know, this is not my character. I, I love these people. Blah, blah, blah. Not dissimilar to the um, I have friends who are gay or I have friends who are Protestant, if you know the crack in this parish. Um, so that's okay. So that's a long time ago. It's not okay. All right. So there's a real clear effort by football and sport to kick racism out of football. And that basically set the thing back a while, but it put a spotlight on what was going on. Um, Behind the scenes, if not certainly in front of the cameras. And then you have in this last week or seven or eight days, nine days, I can't remember, since the Women's World Cup, Louis Rubales, who has, um, his mother apparently has now locked herself in a church uh, on hunger strike because she's protesting his innocence. And Spain, is, as a society, is now kind of jumping into the 21st century where most people are saying that what he did with um, that kiss, that unwanted and uh, that kiss that's now been cited as sexual assault, uh, that he planted on star player Jenny Hermoso has got him into all sorts of bother, where Spain, a country where they spend half the day sleeping, seem to be very quick to respond to stuff that looks very out of order and unacceptable in any society. And I'm sure there are loads of people who will say that, you know, he might have planted the kiss on the lips of um, any of the players had it have been the men's team. That's not really the discussion point. The, the point is that he did it in front of a watching world he also grabbed his crotch at the same time. Fair to say, the fellow was a wee bit excited, but I guess at the end of the day that all of what he did was 
not consensual. And what's happened now is that, um, well, a whole lot of stuff. I think uh, he's now been suspended by um, FIFA. They are now, as of today, um, BBC from 15 minutes ago, and this is at eight minutes to four on Monday, the 20th of August. Spain's top criminal court has opened a preliminary investigation into the country's Football Federation president, Louis Rubales, Rubiales, after he kissed player Jenny Hermoso on the lips. The prosecutors are looking into whether the incident amounts to a crime of sexual assault. Um, Hermoso says the kiss was not consensual. Um, Rubiales was suspended on Saturday by FIFA and the previous day he had said he wouldn't resign. Um, prosecutor's office has starting the investigation said the sexual act was not consented and it's a deadly story unfolding minute by minute by minute by minute. Um, and it's not a good look for sport, it's not a good look for Spain, it's not a good look for your man and I'm sure there'll be a whole lot of collateral damage for him and his family and all that sort of stuff. If his mother is locking herself in the church, I would say she's uh, clearly very, very upset by what's going on and that's, that upset's probably only going to get worse. But I would commend the way that the world in Spain, uh, Barcelona and Madrid have all come out uh, in condemnation of the act. Sevilla did something where they had a brand on their shirts in advance of the game uh, at the weekend. So I think it's only going to go one way for your man. Uh, from him saying that it was consensual to saying he's not going to resign to now finding himself under the threat of a preliminary investigation into what may amount to a crime of sexual assault is some change in seven days. Here in Ireland, we are probably just shy of two weeks away from four months ago, um, this time four months ago, that uh, Nicola Gallagher had posted a comment on Facebook about uh, alleged abuse that she had been suffering for a period of 24 years um, from her partner and then husband, Roy Gallagher, who was the manager of um, Derry GAA at the time. Um, the most recent story about that was published also at the weekend, just gone. And again, I'm looking at an article um, on the BBC from four days ago. Ulster GAA has asked an independent panel to investigate claims made by the estranged wife of a former Derry senior men's Gaelic football manager. Gallagher stepped back from the role in May after allegations of domestic abuse were posted on social media. Um, so that's a really speedy response from the GAA. Um, now they've published a couple of press releases. The Ulster Council has published a press release. Derry have, GAF published a press release as has HQ, GAA headquarters down Crow Park. Um, I tried to reach out to numerous representatives of the GAA. Probably my timing was bad because it was coming up to the um, 
hurling final and the All Ireland final, and then you had the Camogie uh, women's football finals in the last few weeks, and now the season's over, which is probably why they're able to address this now in fairness. So I wouldn't say that um, they're being slack. Although I probably feel they could have moved faster, if you see what I'm saying. But um, they don't have the same glare on them now. They've had the... In Spain, the kiss came after the football. In the GAA, this news story broke before the football. So they've had the benefit of two or three months where, as GAA fans, we've been preoccupied with the sport. And so... Um, maybe it's out of sight, out of mind, but I'm sure it's not for Nicola Gallagher and I'm sure it's not for most of the other women or sisters, mothers, grandmothers, neighbours, daughters, all that sort of stuff, who looked on in horror at the story and perhaps even greater horror that the GAA have reacted in such a tardy fashion to this. Um, you know, at the time I, I had looked through number of different positions that were well documented in social media from people being disappointed at the way the GAA had handled the situation, the disgust at Gallagher, the way he treated his, his wife over that period. And then some people saying, you know, well, look, that man is innocent until he's proven guilty, uh, which is which is very, very true in the case with your man in Spain is that there, there was no real hiding place for him because he did it in full view of the camera. And that's different in its, own, in, in its own way. I suppose one of the things that disappoints me is the speed with which the GAA have responded because they have ultimately got the power in determining what's right and what's wrong in our sport. And if anything, we, we know that on the island of Ireland with a million plus members, the GAA is interwoven into our culture and our society, whether we choose to like it or not. And I'm on the side of those people that like it. It's brought a lot of happy days in my life and long may that continue. Um, the length of time that those organisations, Derry, Ulster Council and GAA, who are probably restricted by legal side of things, um, but I'm not sure they have a clear policy on domestic violence, you know, especially when it was one of their own and one of their celebrated own, like, you know, this old, a good GAA man. Your man in Spain's probably a really good soccer man. Um, Ron Atkinson was a really good soccer man for sure, but what they said and what they did respectively um, is not good. Um, Gallagher has a track record at club and inter-county level as a player and manager, playing for clubs in Antrim, Dublin, Cavan and Fermanagh, managing Derry, Fermanagh and winning an All-Ireland with Donegal. You know, the press release that was issued by the respective parts of the GA organisation were very short um, and was followed by pretty much short and succinct to the point covering all the legal aspects that needed to be covered. But since then, it's been pretty much tumbleweeds, you know. There was a few lone voices from the occasional politician, some high-profile individuals from within the ladies' football and camogie. Um, the one that I can remember most is Joe Brawley's sister, who was very vocal um, from Derry, who was, I think she was a footballer, an inter-county footballer, and a Camogue as well, totally immersed in, in the GAA, as that family would be. Then, you know, um, when you hear that Nicola Gallagher's father had sent five emails to the Derry County Board informing them of those tendencies, 
you kind of think that, you know, this innocent until proven guilty, there is clearly some information out there um, that needed to be answered fairly quickly, which wasn't all down to a dodgy email server, allegedly. Um, for me, it sounds like the, the GAA are putting together a safeguarding committee that will have probably some people um, from PR, some legal people, and maybe a couple of really prominent ex-retired players to sanitize the whole thing, you know, um, because it seems that it's maybe the whole thing will just go away because the size of the GAA and because this is probably a one-off, you know, and it just seems like a straight out of the playbook out of another big organization on the island of Ireland who maybe wouldn't have addressed these problems as head on as they should have done in the hope that that stuff might just go away. When the way that the Spanish football authorities and the Spanish government and Spanish people have treated the debacle of that case is to their credit and something that maybe the GAA could, could learn from. But maybe it's all about optics. I don't, like, I don't know. I would say that, that um, the uh, committees in the GAA are probably all, I don't think there would be equal split 50-50. I'm sure some of them are very heavily male dominated, which is probably in line with a code that's very conservative. Um, and if you think about the two countries, Spain and Ireland, well, you know, they're quite conservative countries. Um, you would probably say that um, both have been influenced by strong Catholic values, but also very uh, patriarchal in their, their way from Franco up to the 70s. And then from our governments on both sides of the dotted line, who only until recently have uh, a more equitable share of females and positions of power. Um, so yeah, this I try to record this podcast a load of times and I've recorded it and got angry in the middle of it because I'd really hate to think that there'll be any kind of abuse to a daughter of mine or um, a sister or a friend of mine. And if that abuse were to be true, that alleged abuse were to be true, that people would literally do fuck all. Um, so I got some stats from an organisation called Safe Ireland who say that one in four Irish women have experienced physical or sexual violence by a partner or non-partner since the age of 15. Abused women are twice as likely to experience chronic physical health conditions, more so than non-abused women, which goes back to the point that many people on social media were saying, why was Nicola publishing this now, um, just before an, all, uh, an Ulster Championship game, you know, she had, uh, you know, that's just revenge and, you know, um, she's she's been on the drink, etc., etc. you know. You know, there's a correlation between the abuse and behaviour afterwards, you know. There's a link between alcoholism and domestic violence at home. Women who have experienced domestic abuse also report higher levels of depression, anxiety and stress disorders, such as uh, PTS, eating disorder, low self-esteem, self-harm and suicide attempts. And there was a load of people on social media defending Gallagher and saying, like, you know, let that let law, sure, he's been proven innocent, let the law look after this and, you know, um, innocent until proven guilty. But I think anybody who has got any understanding of how the law treats victims of domestic violence is that the burden of proof is on the victim to prove that stuff happened. 
So all of this stuff over 24 years that has happened with a woman who has been traumatized by that, who is maybe resulted, resorted to alcohol as some kind of support mechanism for her, is really going to be unlikely to remember every single detail and every fact. Now, if her father has emailed the Derry County Board five times, there's at least one other person in her life who's got plenty of proof that stuff happened. Anecdotally, there's plenty of proof that people in the street of Donegal and Fermanagh would have known that this happened. Um, so I'm not saying let's put Rory Gallagher on trial. I'd say a lot of other things about him, but I'm not saying put him on trial. I'd put the GAA on trial this time to see, did they respond as quickly as they could have? Has their response to date been as good as it should have? And are they seriously showing the care and consideration for all of the members of their organization, male and female, that they can be they can be playing sport and in score competitions and feel physically safe and also feel psychologically safe because as organizations, that's what they should be doing. That's the responsibility that they will have for their members. There's 2,100 clubs in Ireland and that's a million members. So how many are, are female? Like Maybe that will mirror the population, whether it's 52 to 50, 49 or 50, 50. I'm not sure, you know. One in four Irish women have experienced physical um, or sexual violence by a partner or non-partner, according to Safe Ireland. One in four Irish women, and if that's a population of one million members, you can do the maths and it's clear that this, this type of abuse is everywhere. But this is the only really well-documented case of domestic violence. So let's not even talk about child abuse. Because the statistics for child abuse is that this is one in four girls and one in five boys and I don't see that many cases going to court outside of the Cross McGlen McKenna guy in Cross McGlen recently. So there's a whole lot of stuff we could talk about here. Um, but a, one coach in a sporting population of one million, um, either the safeguarding is working at such a high degree or I don't know what other connotations it would be there. But I think trial by social media and innocent until proven guilty is a really poor defense when you understand that the victim has to defend themselves in a courtroom under the spotlight of the media, which will probably be as salacious as only you and I and everybody knows can be when you think back to the Ulster rugby case where everybody has an opinion and it's defending the code, it's defending the sport, it's defending everything when really what needs to be defended are the rights of Nicola Gallagher or women in the similar position. Um, so yeah, fair play to Spain for, for doing what they're doing um, because grabbing any woman and kissing her like that in front of a camera, in front of anywhere, doing it privately, you can see where I'm going with this. If you're doing it in front of the camera, or you're doing it privately, you know, there's maybe two worlds apart, but the same outcome and it's just not appropriate. So I hope that the GAA are able to take a good learning from uh, what's going on in Spain and maybe the chances of Gallagher coming back into our code, a code that he has taken into disrepute by those actions, allegedly or otherwise. Um, because if five emails were sent to the county board, if... Um, was it Rodney Edwards who did the uh, article in the papers 
uh, Nicola Gallagher published herself with very little uh, mention of legal uh, response from Gallagher. I'm yet to see a footballer or a manager or somebody who knows him standing up and giving him a character reference. Um, so let's say he didn't do it. But let's say it's up to the GAA to make sure that nobody can do it. What about that? Um, this is a bit off piece. Normally, um, I, I don't talk about GAA things, but this could be about culture and the culture of our society that people might think that it's okay to let this stuff slide. The culture of the GAA where the men in the suits can go, Jesus, you know, let it maybe drag it on for a wee bit there, sure. One of the churches got away with this sort of behavior. Maybe we will too. Well, I hope you don't get away with it. I really hope you don't. Thanks for tuning in.